Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Good afternoon and welcome to Sports Day. Paul Heath with you for this Thursday afternoon. I have the new ball today as I uh, open up proceedings for Hayes and Mardo before they join you at 2 o'clock this afternoon for the run home. Another big show on the way for them as well as myself this afternoon. Ben Smith, sports reporter with the West Australian, will join us in the next seg and we will unveil our best 22 of 2023. I've got it in a very official looking envelope right here. Can't wait to bring you the rest of the team and uh, we can reflect on the year and uh, also some of the bigger sporting moments across the afternoon on Sports Day. So do get involved on that temperate bedsheet text line 0487 736 736. That's thanks to Bedshed, the experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au or you could give us a call this afternoon, 13 12 55 perfect place to do it. Let's chat on the SEN airwaves and get to know each other just a little bit. Sports days, thanks to Kia. Epic has arrived. The all-electric Kia EV9, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And a big welcome to Nutrient Ag Solutions. They're going further for Australian farmers and some very interesting chat around today that we'll dive into with the good oil in a minute and uh, we also have the Kia Top 7 heading your way early doors this afternoon so plenty to look forward to but let's dive in to that good oil for Cobram Estate Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil and I had two bits down here for the good oil uh, I think we'll get to both of them because they're both very interesting both very different but uh, two things that I would like to get your opinions on this afternoon on 0487 736 736 but let's start with the boss Craig Hutchison joined by Dame, Dame, Damo as well on uh, talking about uh, on the sounding board that is talking about media access and the differences between America England and also Australia and uh, what maybe can be done to uh, help that with uh, the sports industry in Australia or the sports media industry in Australia seemingly being held at arm's length by all of the uh, players and also the media department so here is Hutchie and Damo culturally we're nowhere on this we're getting worse we're getting, we're getting worse 
and we get and the distance between how global sport is communicated correct and to us is yeah. has never been broader i think yeah and, and the, all these media outlets that, that the clubs have got and i'm all for it because they do some amazing work but that is also creating the situation yeah well, the, the afl could come in over the top and still legislate and, and do it right now for round one 2024 You've got complete access for half an hour after a game, every single game. Well, and, and during the week, every training. And during the week. Yeah. 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 I know you've been big on that during the yeah. week. Yeah. Well, I think our game is devoid of personality. Completely. Sorry, our games, I would say, not just AFL. The lack of access at the top end of sport yeah. is, not, is not good enough in Australia. People say, oh, that's our grapes as a journalist. It actually, it actually doesn't affect you. No, Journalism is a little better with lack of access because then you've got, if you think you're any good, the, the crop of today, then they've got a competitive advantage of exporting that. But it's... Um, I'm talking about this ad nauseum. It's just abhorrent how unavailable mm. elite talent is, in, uh, coaches and uh, players and coaches in Australia. And then you get to the next level. In general, at the top tier. That's Hachi and Damo on the sounding board, uh, reflecting on you know the access uh, to talent as far as uh, sports media industry goes, and also you know the bigger the newspapers, uh, the radio stations, anyone trying to you know sort of get an angle on a yarn or something like that. Um, it, it's pretty difficult. Um, there's only a certain amount of talent put up, put forward, and uh, I can understand where some of the um, sort of cases to the contrary come in and say, if you do happen to pop your head up, have a bit of personality, it gets slapped down pretty quickly and it gets asked to, you know, don't show that again. Whereas I've seen the differences with the American um, sort of culture and how they reflect on superstars. I think the best way that I saw it put was that, you know, Americans look at a sporting superstar and say, I want to be that. Whereas Australians perhaps are a bit more in the way of being like, what's so good about them uh, instead of uh, maybe championing them, letting them be themselves and also just allowing them their personality and also their, you know, talent to grow. So it's an interesting conversation. It's a fine line to walk, but I feel like, I mean, I'm obviously a bit uh, on the side of uh, more access, obviously, because of my job, but I think something has to be done because we're not getting a chance to tell all the stories that are there within our fantastic sporting industry on the field and off the field. I think that just we miss so much with the lack of access that we are given uh, across all of our sports, all of our codes here in Australia. So let me know your thoughts on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 on Sports Day this afternoon. And that is the good oil. Thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. It is time to get into the Kia Top 7 today on Sports Day with Hader. Epic has arrived, the all-electric Kia EV9. Let's cast our minds back over what has been a big week. There's been a lot of turmoil as it's turned out and also a couple of fantastic performances. So let's pay tribute to them with the Kia Top 7. Number 7. This is something collectively we, we will be a responsibility for um, and the playing group to the coaching staff and the support staff. Um, we're all partly responsible for this. So I'm disappointed with CJ, um, but now we've uh, got a very short turnaround and we've got a find a way to get some enjoyment back and, and start winning games. Have you reached out to CJ? I have, yeah, I spoke to him this morning. We don't advocate or like to see any head coach or player lose their job. Because here I am, Jack, there in the real world, and I know how precious those jobs are. So that's my first reaction is sad to see CJ go, somebody who I respect as a person, as a player. But, yeah, 
EBL 24, you got to get results. Well, I hate the timing of it. Coming off of the, uh, the tough road trip that we've talked about quite a bit, we understand mistakes were made, but I just feel like you let him get through this holiday period, Damon, and see if he has the ability to turn it around. They're currently at four and nine. You give him another four or five games. If he turns it around, you're in a good position. Damon Lowry, uh, Derek Rucker, and also Scotty Nunes all speaking on the CJ Bruton being ousted from the Adelaide 36ers after, uh, yeah, what was uh, you know considered a bit of a road trip from hell. I thought very interesting the article I got a chance to uh, check out last night on the Herald Sun with a bit more insight into uh, what is going on behind the scenes at the 36ers. And it basically said that Bruton was on Monday called into a meeting with the owner Grant Kelly and the chief executive Nick Barbado. And and his coaching staff, where Bruton was told to cut his rotation from eight, uh, 12 players down to eight. As part of the discussions between the coaching staff and power brokers, Bruton was instructed to remove underperforming veteran trio Mitch McCarron, Jason Kiddie, and Sunday Desh from the lineup and bench Aussie big man Isaac Humphreys for Saturday's clash with Cairns. It had been decided to shelve close to $900,000 in contracts, nearly half the league's $1.82 million salary cap in a reaction to Saturday night's 35-point hiding at the hands of the Jack Jumpers, where the Sixers only just avoided an all-time franchise low score of 59 points. So, yeah, very ugly scenes there. CJ Bruton's out of a job. Scotty Ninnis is in to uh, coach for the rest of the season, but it seems like a whole lot of disharmony there at the moment. Number six. And only the one substitution with Yallop coming in for Gorry. What was the reason behind only using the one player? Uh, the reason was that we had a plan in, uh, in this camp to use the two games differently. And we wanted to save this group for a 90-minute game to really get the chance to feel what it's like to play this way in a 90-minute format. So we coached a bit differently tonight. We didn't coach like a tournament game. We coached it like a development game. So in that sense, we choose to have the place for 90 minutes. Probably something they're going to be criticised for. But if Meek scores that goal the 1-1, if Alana scores that header, it will be a different discussion. Tony Gustavson, the Matildas coach. Yeah, probably going to get a bit of criticism there, Tony. I'd say so. Uh, one nil loss uh, to Canada and also a 5 nil loss in the rearview mirror. Only one uh, substitution for that match in the one nil loss. So... I'm still trying to understand it. I guess you are as well. But Ben Smith, who will join us shortly, will be able to uh, help us try and understand it at the very least with what's going on there with some of the other, not second stringers, but, uh, you know, some of the other outside of the first 11 talent getting a run at it, but not all getting a chance to get on the field. It's a real head scratcher. But let's keep going with the Kia top seven. Number five. <laughs> Sounded good, but it's gone straight up. Adams, no! It goes over the top. It's six off her first for Hinkley. Oh, my God. I thought that was straight up again. It was going to be fast, because that was amazing. She looks to. This time, she doesn't get all of it. Underneath it is Barsby, who takes the catch. Six and out for Hinkley. Across her crease here. Make sure she can reach this ball for the final. Doesn't have the distance. Mashangwe will track back, hold on to it, throw it in, and there it is. The Adelaide Strikers have gone back to back, but even bigger for them, they've gone back to back at their home ground. The Adelaide Oval in front of a magnificent crowd. A sea of blue can cheer in. The 
celebrations. The Adelaide Strikers in their WBBL competition go back-to-back, defending 5 for 125 against the Brisbane Heat uh, back on Saturday, 8 for 122. The Heat got to a fantastic conclusion to what has been a pretty great tournament so far. Sure, say what you will about the Scorchers and the disappointment of how they wrapped up, but on the whole, you've got to look at it Australia-wide. It was a pretty great competition this year, and well done to the Adelaide Strikers. Number four. They put it into the middle of the ground, but it's all over. Brisbane stamp their authority on the AFLW. One of the most successful teams claims their second premiership in five attempts. Brisbane victors by 17 points. I hope people like the style of play we deliver. I don't know what you felt like as a spectacle today. Did you enjoy the footy? Yeah, it's... um, Look, we're, we're, we're high pressure and, you know, a bit manic going forward. We'd like to have a little bit more cleaner method going forward. But um, we enjoy playing that style. We think our supporters love it. Um, and we like to go f- forward and score. So, you know, a seven goal to um, whatever North had four. Like, that's, that's a much better outcome than what we had last year when we were sort of two goals each, which was sort of something that... I know we lost the game, but it sort of grated on me a little bit that we'd sort of put on a not such a good spectacle. The Brisbane Lions are the AFLW Premiers for 2023 after downing North Melbourne. Seven goals, 244 to four goals, 327. A fantastic effort. And you just heard from the coach, Craig Stasevich, just there as well. So well done to the team. Well done on getting through another season and uh, I think that's their first or maybe second win from about four uh, grand finals in previous years. So well done to the Brisbane Lions AFLW team. Number three. The players are standing strong and saying, actually, no, we want to talk about this revenue share model, this partnership model. And the players are really serious about being custodians of the game. They're not going to send the game broke. They're asking for a partnership model. And that's where the sticking point is. My only concern now is that the relationship is so poisoned between the Mm. two parties that we may not end up with any sort of meaningful agreement in the near future. What happens then? Yeah. Look, I I don't know. And I'm wondering if a third party, if the government, if the federal government perhaps has to step in and say... You can't run the sport. It's been been really hard, I think. All of us just want to be able to move forward with what we think is fair and reasonable for our player group. We want to feel like we're we're valued. We want to feel like we're respected and listened to. And, yeah, hopefully um, tomorrow when um, we're in the room, we'll be able to um, get something done for our players. Sorry. It was huge uh, for Netball Australia and also the players to come to an agreement, get a bit of a resolution and get the new Super Netball season uh, on on track, basically. Get everyone paid back till about October and get everyone back to training and ready for the new season. So uh, I don't think... It can be underestimated, just the value of uh, how good it was to get it all done and get it back up and running. But uh, it's still to be seen how it all plays out and if, uh, you know, everyone can keep playing nice from here on out. Number two. Feels good. You know, it's really satisfying to just keep playing good golf. It's, you know, I'm out here to play. I'm going to try my best and and to win um, something. It's good for the confidence. So, yeah, there was some tricky tricky holes out here and managed to keep it together and I'm sure if I get in some kind of contention position the next time I'll be have to draw on the experience of closing it out here nicely so it's it all means something. 
Adam Scott getting a win at the Cathedral Invitational, ending a 1,389-day victory drought. So you got to love that. Well done to Adam Scott. Let's get to our number one. Number one. Now, I've been sent little snippets of it. Um, yeah, well, I hope he's okay. Does, does that comment suggest that you think Mitch is not okay if he's making such bold statements like that? I've got no idea. Mitchell Johnson was a fine player um, and, uh, you know, represented Australia, um, you know, I think got 300 and over 313 test wickets and he's entitled to his opinion. Well, from the message I got in in April after the, I think it was around the time of, yeah, um, Candice had said a few, her, said her a bit about not, um, on the back page about not being open as, good enough to take the position. So that was probably when I responded to that and then I got a message from Dave which was quite um, personal. Ms Johnson, Dave Warner, George Bailey, Tim Payne, whoever else you want to throw in there across this week, that's easily the number one story of the week in the Kia Top 7. Thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. You're on Sports Day with Paul Heath this afternoon. Ben Smith's going to join us after the upcoming break and Sports Day's thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further. For Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au and don't forget to get involved on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Back with more after this. Great to be with you on Sports Day this Thursday afternoon. Keep the text coming on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. And just a Quick cricket update, only so quick cricket update, but it is uh, the Prime Minister's 11, one for 100. Marcus Harris is the man out. He was out for 49 off the bowling of Abra Ahmed and uh, Cam Bancroft still at the crease, 46 not, and he's been joined by Matty Renshaw, who is there on two. So fingers crossed, bangers can go big this afternoon against the Pakistan men's team. Right, let's get moving back into a bit of a award-winning radio here because we have an award-winning journalist joining us, Ben Smith, sports reporter with the West Australian, an award winner at the WA Football Media Awards during the week, joins us on Sports Day. Good idea, Ben. Hey, Heda. Thank you for the, uh, the, very, the two kind words, I would say. <laughs> Mate, happy to do it. Uh, congratulations on the award. Tell us all about it. Uh, it's last. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic, mate. And the article was about uh, concussion in uh, grassroots footy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm probably a bit more proud of the article than the actual award, although, you know, it is it is nice. But, yeah, um, yeah, it was a look at how the different kind of grassroots sports are dealing with concussion, you know, at junior level and, you know, what steps they're doing, what steps they're kind of trying to implement to get on the front foot. Because, obviously, you know, as we see... You know, it's a really big issue at the top level of, you know, so many sports. And it was, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, through my research and kind of talking to people, um, it's good to see that, you know, the WFC especially, um, you know, have kind of taken, uh, trying to take a lead on it, trying to get on the front foot with it, which is, you know, always good to see. That is a, uh, a massive help uh, if they are, yeah, being a bit more proactive about it. Uh, someone that perhaps isn't being proactive uh, in some people's opinion at the moment, Ben, is Tony Gustavson, who's been in for a little bit of criticism. He thought he would probably cop it a little bit himself. Uh, but after the Matildas 1-0 loss to Canada, they only 
uh, engage the one sub. Um, what were your thoughts about uh, the move, uh, the decision, and also just how it played out? It was, yeah, I mean, I, I said on, uh, you know, Twitter or X or whatever we're meant to call it these <laughs> days that, uh, um, uh, but I, I, I can't, we didn't really learn much about the Matildas, but we also learned a lot just by the fact that we didn't learn anything. Um, uh, I think we learned that Tony is kind of, Tony Gustafsson has settled on, you know, how, you know, the way forward. And, you know, he said in the, when the Matildas came to Perth, he said, you know, he did he did his introductory press conference, and he said, you know, we weren't good enough uh, at the World Cup in terms, in playing, you know, with the ball through the lines. You know, that is the slow area we're going to be focusing on in the lead up to the Olympics. So, you know, they they went to Canada, yeah, you know, um, to kind of play this way, uh, trying, you know, keeping hold of the ball, playing through the lines, not resorting to long balls or counter-attacking football, trying to kind of break down, you know, uh, you know, d- defensive blocks and. Yeah, it was never going to be a, the smoothest of things. I think anyone who was expecting them to just kind of pass Canada piece, you know, uh, you know, just go around from tiki taka style, you know, that was never going to happen. And you know, I, I applaud Gustafsson for saying that, you know, hey, this is how I want Matilda to play. I want us to be a position, a possession orientated team. Um, and yeah, and you know, that that transportation is not going to take place overnight. My issues with what we saw in the two Canada games relate to the utilisation of players, the kind of way they were trying to play through Canada. You know, I thought, you know, Katrina Gori and Kira Kuti cross were very close to each other at, you know, various times throughout the second game. Um, you know, again, like, I wasn't expecting them to kind of, to dominate Canada, but, you know, I, I liked the opening half now where they were trying to, to play through the lines and trying to kind of execute this new game style that Tony wants them to play. I think it's a, very, a game style they should be trying to play. My issues, though, come, like, as I said, you know, like, he used one substitute yesterday. He threw, you know, with the game on the line late, and, you know, it's only a friendly game, so at the end of the day, the result's sort of meaningless. But, you know, there's obviously no Sam Kerr in this, in this camp because she's injured. So, you know, it's Caitlin Ford kind of up top leading the line, which is fine. Um, we saw in game one, Remy Sampson, who plays for Leicester in uh, in England. You know, she, you know, was basically staffed for service in that second string Matildas uh, team that uh, played Canada in game one. With, you know, with the game on the line yesterday against Canada, it, Tony Gustafson decided we're going to throw centre-back Alana Kennedy forward like we did at the World Cup to try and, um, you know, to try and, you know, score. Mm. Like, I don't understand how the backup plan can be, let's put a centre-back forward like that. And we saw that at the World Cup and people complained about it then. And we, I'm going to complain about it <laughs> now. It's, uh, I just don't understand the thinking behind it. Like, you've got a substitute who plays in England, who plays up front, on the bench, and he, she's not, she doesn't get a run. And it's like, how are we meant to cope, for, you know, prepare for life without Sam Kerr if we're not going to give backup strikers, you know, 10, 15 minutes off the bench against good teams? Like, I, I just, I mm. fail to see the logic of that. Um, after, you know, he, you know, he spoke about load management after game one and before game one and saying, oh, you know, I need to. Oh, you know, we need to rest players. You know, I've been advised 
uh, that we need to rest players because they've had really busy schedules for their club teams, and that's fine. I don't have access to the data that he does. I'm, you know, like I'll take him at his word in that respect. But just like I mean, I don't understand why they couldn't have played a blend across the two games where they play, you know, five first team players and five second string players in game one, and then completely change the lineup for game two. And again, I know he said pre-game, well, I wanted to give the, you know. The starters, you know, an extended run in game two, but giving them an extended run in game two after saying, well, they need to be managed, doesn't quite cut the mustard with me, especially when it was very clear to anyone watching after, you know, 60 minutes, they were exhausted. They looked out of it out in the league. It's like, yeah. okay, this is when you need substitutes. And he brought on Tamiki Yallop, who didn't really achieve much. He, you know, had one shot over the bar, which was probably Matilda's best chance of a game. But, yeah, like, this is... It was a game crying out for, you know, a bit more... You know, in the second... I, I completely understand where he's coming from. But that doesn't mean I can't criticise the actual, you know, the path he has taken to try and achieve what he wants to do. Mm. I feel like that's a almost part of the deal, isn't it, for those second stringers to get that 15 or 20 minutes uh, at the end of a game against uh, opposition, you know, during friendlies. But yeah, it's hard to make uh, top and tail of it, as it is the uh, some of the criticism around Ange Postacoglu and uh, more about, uh, I guess, him as a bloke uh, rather than the job that he's doing at the moment. Uh, one uh, writer in particular, the Guardian's uh, Jonathan Liu, um, you know, and, and a lot of people calling it bizarre, a lot of people calling it a rant, but um, it, I feel like he's had a bit of time uh, with this opinion, hasn't he? This isn't the first we've heard from Jonathan about Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, so um, obviously the, um, you know, as the, the comments that you are alluding to, uh, came on the Guardian Football Weekly podcast, which is you know one of the biggest football podcasts in the world. Jonathan Liu is, in my opinion, I think Jonathan Liu is one of the best sports writers in the world. He may be the best sports writer in the world because he's so good at finding you know the humanity and the nuances of sport. Um, you know, he's just a very intelligent kind of writer. He's so good at like nailing the finer things, not in a tactical you know perspective, but just kind of he manages to, he just has this way with words where, you know, when he's humming, when he's firing all cylinders, he's, he, I think he's the best sports writer in the world. And mm. that's what I don't quite understand about his aversion to Ange Postacoglu because he seems, his comments basically, he did an impersonation, for anyone who hasn't heard the audio, he did an impersonation of Ange Postacoglu on the Guardian Football Weekly uh, podcast where he kind of said, oh, you know, like, mate, mate, you know, made a lot of kind of, imitated Ange a bit, put on an Australian accent. It was all a bit weird because, you know, for me, Jonathan Liu is someone who, you know, is a very intelligent, you know, sports writer, sports analyst. And he's just kind of like, I don't understand what his beef with Ange Postacoglu is or what, why he doesn't like him. He said, he kind of says like, oh, he says mate a lot and you know, he thinks it's a bit of an act, but he's actually not a, the, guy, the, the kind of affable, warm guy he, he says he is. But it it just doesn't add up. Like, I, I don't understand. He doesn't really go into much more detail than that as to, you know, his reasons for not liking Ange beyond that. And mm. it's, it's just bizarre and, you know, very unbecoming of someone like Jonathan, who I think, like I said, he's one of the best sports writers in the world. He's so good at kind of grunt, like... He has such a good understanding of what sport means to people at a, you know, at a level that, 
you know, a lot of journalists and writers can't even begin to comprehend. He's fantastic, but this Ange Postacoglu attack or dislike is just very odd. Like, I can't mm. make heads or tails of it. It is bizarre. It is odd, but it's perfect fodder for us back here in Australia, isn't it, Ben, uh, to get their headlines and to uh, you know, keep the interest moving along with Ange in the Premier League. But uh, we do have to uh, keep moving, mate. Uh, ben, really appreciate the time and uh, thanks for jumping on Sports Day this afternoon. No worries. Cheers, Ada. That is Ben Smith, a sports reporter with the West Australian, joining us on Sports Day. Yeah, Touching base with about you know, Tony Gustavson, some of the criticism he's taken on board, Ange Postacoglu, which it appears there's only one man that's sort of criticising him at the moment. So it's interesting, but we'd love to know your thoughts on how it's playing out. 0487 736 736. Before we head to a quick news break, uh, this uh, sports update is thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. And some bad news for Fremantle forward Sam Sturt. He's had injury. He's had surgery sorry, on an injured knee and he'll miss part of the preseason. He trained on Monday but was rushed in for scans after reporting discomfort in his left knee. He's now undergone the knife. Uh, uh, the doctors say it's a minor surgery and expected to return in mid-January. It's a big blow for the Desert P, the club and its supporters, uh, after Sturt managed to lock in a spot in the best 22 towards the end of last season. That is a sports update. Thanks to Polaris. Polaris's plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the Ranger 1000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. You're on Sports Day with Heater this Thursday afternoon. Thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. We'll be right back after this upcoming news break with the best 22 of 2023. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Thanks for the company on Sports Day with Heater this Thursday afternoon on SENWA. Keep the text coming on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. But to save time and water, Eric Eyre is here with some sports news headlines. A score update uh, at the Prime Minister's 11 versus Pakistan match. I have some bad news for you. Cam Bancroft is out. He's gone and got himself a leg before wicket dismissal to Shahzad. He made 53 from 128 balls. Uh, Marcus Harris was the first man out for 49 uh, to Abra Ahmed. At the moment, Matthew Renshaw is there on seven not out and Cameron Green has just joined him at the crease. So, uh, the Prime Minister's 11 are two for 112 uh, in reply to Pakistan's nine declared for 391. So added about 70 runs earlier this morning did the Pakistani team. And that's thanks to Irrigia. Irrigia offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water. Irrigia is here. And what else is here, by the way, is the very official and very exciting envelope that has the best 22 of 2023 in it. So let's start the fun, shall we? We'll go through all the ones that we know so far. Sam Kerr's goal versus England at the Women's World Cup. That didn't tick that one off. Glenn Maxwell, 201 not in the Cricket World Cup. Yes, please. Uh, Johnny Bairstow getting stumped in that second Ashes test. Yes, please. Tick that off again. Uh, the Diamonds winning the World Cup. The uh, Collingwood Magpies winning the AFL Grand Final. The Penrith Panthers going three-peat in the NRL Grand Final as well. That all gets in there. That's six 
already to into the 22. Cooper Connolly's uh, Big Bash League 12 final innings. That was uh, one from the text line. That's made it in. Angelo Matthews getting timed out in the Cricket World Cup. That's certainly in there. Uh, pick one by the name of Harley Reid to the West Coast Eagles. That also gets a Guernsey for the best 22 of 2023. Without a fight, winning the Melbourne Cup was a pretty special and that makes it on its way into the list as well. Let's just have the whole Australia win of the uh, One Day International World Cup in there as well. So that gets us up to 11. We're halfway home here, folks. Uh, Damien Martin's jersey retirement, seeing the number 53, the announcement, Sean Reddidge in studio before Mrs. Martin and the kiddos came in. Just what a day, what a time to be alive. That gets a gig in the best 22 of 2023. Novak Djokovic getting himself titles number 23 and 24. He's not my kettle of uh, tea or cup of coffee or whatever you want to throw out there, but it is... One of the all-time uh, performances, isn't it, from uh, Novak to get himself at to 23 and 24 majors. Here's one we didn't have on the list yet. It is Ange Postacoglu becoming the Spurs manager. Delighted to be here. Looking forward to the massive challenge ahead, which uh, I was well aware of before taking on the responsibility. And uh, looking forward to uh, working with the players and the staff and you know, being part of a, a, a really uh, strong competition. It was a brilliant few years for you at Celtic. You know, look, it's fair to say every sort of position I've had has kind of needed some sort of rebuild. And um, as I said, I had a brilliant two years at uh, Celtic. Yeah, I don't know if it's about patience. I mean, you can't ask people to feel a certain way or to, to sort of dampen expectations. I think what I've tried to do wherever I've been, and including Celtic, is allow them to form their own opinion with what they see rather than what I say. And um, you know, at the beginning, even though the results weren't there, the supporters could see what we were trying to do and got behind us. And I don't know whether that's it's going to be a rocky start for us or a good start for us, but either way, my, you know, my hope and my desire and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and, and belief that we're... Um, you know, we're going to embark on something special. Big moment, huge on the Australian sporting landscape, and he's doing a fantastic job. All to boot, that is Ange Postacoglu becoming the Spurs manager. That is in our best 22 of 2023. Uh, Premier Dan Andrews cancelling the Melbourne Commonwealth Games. Just uh, here, no cash, no cash here. So that one got the can. That is on the best 22 of 2023. The Matildas World Cup campaign. Beautiful, beautiful time to be alive. Semi-final they got to. Just one of those uh, great moments where you got to see the whole of Australia get behind a certain team, and that was uh, just fantastic. So well done to them, and uh, what a moment as well. The Rugby League Players Association dispute. That didn't look like it was going to get resolved for a little bit there. They did. They resolved it. We moved on, but it's in the best 22. The PGA Tour and also the Live Golf merger. One thing we always sort of had a bit of a feeling was going to happen, but you never thought it would. But money does weird things to people. And there we go with the PGA and Live Tour uh, merging. Uh, Brisbane's AFLW Premiership win. I thought that was just absolutely sensational. So well done to them. LeBron James becoming the all-time highest scorer in the NBA. We'll give that one up to the best 22 of 2023. And Molly O'Callaghan, five gold medals at the World Aquatic Championships in Japan, is number 21 in the best 22 of 2023 and I think we can't have a best 22 of the year 2023 without something involving this man. Did you do a job interview with uh, Japanese rugby a couple of weeks before the World Cup? If so, what was the thinking? I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Do you have a second interview lined up with the JRFU? I said I don't know what you're talking about, mate. 
I'm committed to Coach Australia. Always been committed to Australian rugby. Uh, I want to leave it in a better place, and that's still the job, mate. Uh, well, I'm committed to make it a better place. Well, it's not my. It's not absolutely my decision, is it? Yeah, we've got a review going forward, and we'll see what happens at the end of the review. Uh, in terms of Eddie, we've been working through with Eddie through through the process. We ended up uh, at a sensible outcome, uh, and uh, and that's uh, that's uh, certainly something which uh, we worked through over the last uh, few days, and uh, and we've uh, closed it out quite uh, quite well. Sometimes you go in the bank and you blow it up, mate, but you don't come out with the money. Coaching a team's a bit like being in a marriage, mate. You need commitment from both sides. As we said at the start, we're going to do a smash and grab. So we got the smash. We didn't get the grab, though, mate. Eddie Jones. Um, I really take umbrage at the questioning. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, wow. Um, some of those press conference moments, when you hear them back to back to back, are just sensational. Yeah, I've been working non-stop since I've come here. That's one of my favourites right there. Working non, working hard non-stop since he came here, but he no longer is working here. Will he turn up and be working for the Japanese rugby team? We'll have to wait and see how it all goes. But that is your best 22 of 2023. We'll have a nice little graphic with uh, all of the moments on the uh, footy field, the best 22 out there on the ground and a bit of uh, on the bench stuff as well. So watch out for that. Heading your way on the socials a bit later today. And don't forget, you can also join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. Don't forget they're on the road this weekend before being back in town next week. And I just saw as well a bit of news around about an open air match to uh, start the proceedings off in 2024. So that's something to look forward to. And don't forget, the Sports Day is thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. We'll be right back to wrap up the show just after this. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Hey, thank you so much for the company across the uh, past week and a bit on Sports Day. I've been Paul Heath. You've been fantastic. Uh, uh, Peter Blahos is back in the chair on Monday, so make sure you catch that one as you can catch every ball of the Big Bash live on SEN throughout the summer. Gets underway this afternoon from 4pm WA time. You can catch the Brisbane Heat taking on the Melbourne Stars from the Gabba. Jason Matthews and Michael Kasperitz will be your call team. And I believe Casper is on the run home next with Hayes and Mardo as well. So make sure you uh, check that one out and catch up with the boys from 2pm this afternoon. The run home with Hayes and Mardo on the way out the door of Sports Day this afternoon. Here's a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with Department of Fire and Emergency Services. You can visit dfes.wa.gov.au and this community update is thanks to new Firecoat. The first paint proven to protect property in high risk fire conditions available at Bunnings Warehouse. And just a reminder as well, Sports Day is thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. You can find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. And again, thank you so much for the company across the uh, past week and a half or so. Thanks for the text and uh, thank you to Jimmy Williams for the help as well as uh, we got there. We got it done. But stick around. Hazen Mato in the house next for two fun hours coming up this afternoon. So keep it locked right here on SENWA and have yourself a wonderful day.